Dear Chambra, we'll get right into the questions and answers on this day and a bit of dialoguing with Einstein. Today we gathered the energies and the experience and the consciousness of Chambra into a very specific and deliberate letter to awakening humans. The letter will be read by some, heard by others, and felt by many. The letter is those who have called out, seeking guidance, seeking solace, seeking compassion. And together with this group of Shambhar today, we have created just that. The letter was also sent from the future potential of yourself, yourself from five years ago or twenty years ago or twenty lifetimes ago, yourself that was in the dark, that was lost, that was searching, that was putting out its prayer or its request forever who would hear and who heard was a future potential of itself, which is now you, sitting here today, sending back a letter to you saying, it's okay, it's going to be all right. It's a beautiful process, a natural process. Yes, frightening at times, lonely at times, but you are God also. That letter went on the winds back to the very aspect of you that called out, has assured it, that indeed you are divine. With that, we'd love to hear now, before questions and answers, we would love to hear from Einstein, from Barbara, for their message on this day. Thank you so much, Jeff, Tobias, Linda. Um, Einstein has a beautiful message. Um, I get one minute of my own time. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, but you guys did this to me, and I have to say this. I've promised these people that I'm going to call them in from all over the world. They were waiting specifically for this, and when the Internet went out, I heard all of them go, No! <laughs> and so we took some deep breaths and got it back up. But uh, first of all, Sylvia, I'm going to kiss her on the lips later, so um, we, we love you. <laughs> uh, Laura, can't wait till you get here. Maria, beautiful, thank you so much. Um, Lucietta and Andre, Marius and Carmen, um, Giorgetta, Florin, Carmen and Ileana, um, of course, Alfred and Tamia, and Elizabeth, my wonderful translator in Budapest, thank you. Marianne and Heinrich, who are going to be translating Einstein to German in time for Hamburg. Um, Maria in Greece, I'm on my way. Uh, Kenya, Sylvia, Varda, um, uh, thank you, Israel, I'm coming. Uh, Inga, Denmark, I'm on my way. Uh, Maria in Canada, saved my life, thanks, honey. And Brenda in Corpus, the love letter was for you and Ian, too. So, thank you. <clears throat> we command that only the most divine light shine down upon you at this time and the greatest good be present here. It is quite a story, is it not, to come here today and join in this worldwide transmission 
to bring this letter of love to the universe. And today I would like to tell you a short story of my life after my death and my association with these three scoundrels in the afterlife and uh, how uh, we all came together and a bit of where we're all going. And so to begin with, after I uh, passed into afterlife, of course, I was very curious, you know, to know how everything was working. It was just like I was in life. And as I was traveling around and looking into the nature of things and trying to figure out this unified field theory that I never got to do in real life, I came across this triad, uh, St. Germain and Tobias and Kathumi. Uh, we're all uh, pondering together, and uh, we got into some great discussions about this and about that. And it was actually uh, the three of them who helped to teach me how to talk through Barbara. And I had uh, associated with Barbara through music, first of all. But then when she began to channel, I could not tell her that it was myself and my associates, my party of 12, that, that was not quite yet 12 at that time. Uh, but my mission, after talking with the three of them extensively in afterlife, was to develop a process that was going to resolve conflict within the individual human. Now, all of these great concepts uh, are beautiful stories until they are brought into uh, the human body in physical form to be tested, to be tried. And so uh, Barbara uh, was brought together with Teresa and Lily, and they began an intensive study of listening to these concepts that uh, I had been working on with my party and with the, with the council. And uh, we spent several years inspiring them and imploring them to take these concepts and to put them to work, to see if they worked, to test them in a human arena. And it was quite a time to see these three women who were crazy enough to believe that they were actually talking with angelic forces, but sane enough to be able to piece together this process and this great profound knowledge and bring it into mundane, everyday life. And through that time period, through 1998, uh, Barbara channeled endless, endless hours of materials that were very complex, and, and yet we brought them down into a simple form for, for, for teaching and for training. And uh, when we, it became clear that uh, a human being can only bring so much of that high information through the physical body, we decided to give her a bit of a rest. And at that time, uh, I took all of this information and uh, we brought it back to those three rascals and uh, they began their own study. And uh, one day on an airplane where they had a captive audience, uh, they trapped Jeffrey and uh, began to let him know that he was uh, the, uh, going to be the mouthpiece for this. And as all of you are a, a, a witness to and participant in, uh, then the information was uh, delivered in a new way preparing for this new energy, preparing for this quantum leap that you are going to take. And so many, many hours, Jeffrey and Linda have labored in love 
to bring you this knowledge and to put it through their own bodies and to change their own lives to become an abundant uh, organization and an abundant amount of knowledge and inspiration and guidance and help and compassion. And it was at the perfect time that someone handed Jeffrey uh, my transcript of my book and he read it at the perfect time and it was then that you know all of us up here in the ethers were uh, applauding ourselves for being able to influence uh, human beings in such a way that they came together right at the perfect timing and, uh, it, and so it was that Jeffrey then invited Barbara to become a part of what was already happening. So uh, for their human minds to think they just met and that was the time, uh, no. There was a great deal of planning going on in this, a very long time, a very divine timing and planning to bring this together. And then we all got to the quantum leap. And what a leap it was, was it not? All of you who were there, who participated in seeing this come together. And it was a great celebration on both sides of the veil. And then uh, Barbara has been invited to be a part of this uh, rock and roll show that Jeffrey and Linda tour and she leapt at the chance uh, to participate and to bring this message. And it, was, it is with great honor and, and somewhat sorrow that we say that this, is, that this association is not coming to a close. It is not that it's not always going to be a, a, a group working together and, uh, and, and, and inspiring this compassion on the planet. But it has always been planned that we have plans specifically for Barbara. And when she found out in Europe that all of Europe is waiting for her too. Uh, so Hamburg, the summer celebration, will be her official final appearance uh, in the Crimson Circle Roadshow. And we're going to create a new roadshow so that more and more people, uh, uh, thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people are going to be brought this message. And so uh, uh, one of the uh, inspiring things that happened here uh, uh, behind the veil uh, was that uh, Tobias, who was longing again after uh, uh, looking at this precious human life, longing to have that experience, to bring all of this knowledge into the physical body. And so we are also preparing uh, to launch him uh, into physical form again in this beautiful way. And from then on, I am going to begin a new uh, series of training for those of you who have been studying so long and, and so well, and St. Germain is going to be accompanying me, and we're going to begin teaching uh, time travel, uh, materialization and dematerialization, and of course the manifestation of matter, where we can teach you that to manifest a green pencil is the same process as is to manifest a red Ferrari. And so <laughs> this is going to help to increase the abundant flow and give you uh, active participation in the manifestation of matter. And so it is uh, uh, our pleasure to be here today. And it, as we said, there is some, a bit of some sadness because this roadshow has been such a great trip for all of us, but it's only going to begin then to expand. And uh, I and my, as I have been calling her, my third Mrs. Einstein, and I have to say I don't have the same relationship with my wives as uh, Tobias seems to have uh, <laughs> articulated today. Uh, 
uh, I am happy to be here with all of the women that I loved uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, am very honored to have uh, this beautiful body to be representing my work. And I have always said there's a reason that she is this beautiful woman. There is a reason that she is going to be singing. In fact, the music you're going to see is going to actually lead the way in the years ahead as you see her uh, progress into an international spotlight uh, to be able to influence the planet. And when you see her anywhere in the world, you will see Tobias, you will see uh, Saint Germain, you will see Kathumi, you will see Jeff and Linda in spirit, you will see all of you, all of you who have made all of this possible. And so it, was, it, is, it is our great honor uh, to be here today and to help to answer any, any questions that you might have to throw at us. Indeed. With that, <laughs> no comments about my exes again? You <laughs> see, we, we listen to humans, they make jokes about um, relationships, and uh, so it is always a good thing to keep you laughing. With that, let us begin the questions. Tobias, St. Germain, and Kathumi. St. Germain said at the Quantum Leap that it was time to stop carrying around a pocket full of other people's disease and problems. How then do we choose to live in joy and ease while still staying with a partner who seems to be choosing death and difficulties? I'm really challenged not getting sucked into the drama and just not sure I can stay anymore and feel sovereign. Please help. Back under the relationship question indeed. <laughs> Most relationships were created in an old energy and oftentimes with uh, so many karmic overlays. What each and every one needs to understand is you are your own self, that you are not obligated to a relationship. And sometimes the old karmic overlays or the old um, feelings of responsibility and guilt keep you bound into a relationship that is not healthy for either one of you. To us it seems so obvious at times, but again these relationship issues become some of the deepest and most difficult to disattach from. We've suggested to others, and we're going to suggest here to, to you, that you take some time away from this one who is a partner. If it means getting your own place, your own apartment or flat, spend some time away and really give yourself the gift of time by you. You'll have a much clearer understanding of the relationship with the other person. And oftentimes you'll see that there are energies that no longer need to be present that can be released. Also, to any one of you, do not fear releasing a relationship that no longer serves you. You get into feelings of guilt and responsibility and having to take care of another human. But isn't that the antithesis of everything you're learning about yourself as God also? Sometimes you'll drag these relationships on and on and on when it's not serving either one of you. Breathe with it. Take some time to yourself. And if you do choose to let go of the relationship, do it in love. Do it without guilt. Thank you. This is from a dear Shambra friend who can't be here. 
She says, I have been in chronic pain for nearly 30 years. Two years ago, I started experiencing crippling back pain. I've had periods of improvement, but as soon as I start to get excited about engaging in activities I love and resuming an active life, I get hit with more episodes of debilitating pain. I'm not really living anymore, just surviving. I recognize that I've been playing the role of victim and have gotten quite good at it. I feel ready to let go of this, but it seems there are unconscious parts of me that are not all on board. The longer I'm in this state, the harder it is to believe it will change. Please help me to understand how this pain and isolation is serving me and what it is I need to do to break out of this self-imposed prison and begin living again. Thank you. Amber? Well, uh, this is not as complicated as you might feel it is at this time. And very briefly, I would tell you, that, uh, first of all, to begin a, uh, what we're going to call a witness protection program, <laughs> wherein every morning you wake up and you commit, after you say you're beautiful, thank you for another day of miraculous life, and understand that even in your pain and your confinement, to be alive and be experiencing this and having this to overcome is a beautiful miracle. And that's part of why you have come here, to overcome this. And then set about a, uh, to set your intention in that day that you are going to witness yourself. And here is what I want you to look for. There are three uh, specific human dimensions in conflict revolution. Uh, and to be able to, you know, just as if you looked inside your physical body, you have a heart, you have intestines, you have a liver, they all do different things. So we want you to look at these three different things. And the first is emotion and the energy, that pure energy of emotion that is moving through you. And to fully embrace that emotion, you do not need to have an intellectual reason as to why you feel bad. You only need to turn to yourself and feel and breathe. What a concept, huh? And to be able to, in any given moment, when you feel a pain or you feel an anger, to be able to turn inward and say, you know what, I don't need to construct a reason why I feel this. I need to have an intimate relationship with it, all of it. Uh, anger, fear, sadness, pain, and to breathe it through you and move it. Move the energy. Now, the other thing you're going to be looking for is the intellectual side of you. And these are all the messages you know you, you can't get over it. Uh, it's always going to be there. I'm not worthy. There's, there's guilty messages. There's all of this intellectual activity. And what we want you to do is, first of all, separate those two. And secondly, when you're observing your intellectual messages and you see all of those self-defeating intellectual uh, frequencies telling you, you need to have a little argument with yourself. And you need to bring in the messages of the angelic realms that say you're a miracle just sitting in a chair that you can do this, that you can heal yourself, that you're going to heal yourself. You may not know how you're going to do it, but you are going to do it. And then you turn to your, your emotional uh, frequencies and you breathe them through. And this creates a space for your intuition. And your intuition is always going to tell you a small declarative statement. And that's how you're going to know it's intuition. It's not going to explain why. It wants you to rest. It's only going to tell you, rest. And then you're going to watch your intellect say, I can't rest. I have so much to do. And then you're going to listen. It's going to say, 
rest. And then you're going to say, no, no, I can't, that can't be that simple. And then you're going to turn and it's going to say, rest. And pretty soon your your intellect, if you're bringing in the voices of the angels in the angelic realm, say, you know what, maybe I should listen to that crazy old Jew and maybe I should rest. And in this way, now you're moving the emotional energy through you. You're dealing with the intellectual messages and changing them into the positive, powerful of the divine. And you're creating a beautiful space for your intuitive to come through, bringing balance to all three, and then you will rest. And this is going to take you farther than you can imagine at this time. Could you please give us some insights about France? Why do we seem to have a cult sect hunt going on here? Does France have a particular religious role that it's taken on? I grew up hearing that it's the elder daughter of the church, the Catholic church. What does that mean? And you know about the recent trip of our president to the Vatican to become a canon. Are you coming soon? I would really like to hear what you have to say on this. Indeed. Indeed. Now, as all of you know, Adamas has a great love for for France, um, perhaps because uh, his great love for all those human indulgences that uh, can be found there. But I, Tobias, um, I'll give you my perspective. The energy of the Church, the Catholic Church, has been so very deeply embedded in France's history, in both its known history and its secret history. There were many, how to say, type of uh, rites and ceremonies that were done there in times that were perilous to the church for the long-term preservation. Now these are types of uh, ceremonies or secret gatherings that were done there and very, very firmly rooted in energy of the Catholic Church in France. So many, many centuries ago, if it was wiped out in other countries, or if um, Rome itself would fall, if the Vatican would no longer be located in the lands of what you now call Italy, that it would always have a reemergence in the place of France. So this very deeply rooted energy is still strongly at work there, and this is causing the type of reactions that you see. The, the government, um, many of the leaders, those in control, literally trying to keep out any outside energy. Now, we all know this doesn't work. When you control or suppress an energy, it literally builds up its own type of um, um, pressure and it's got to blow sooner or later. We're not making a prediction here, we're stating a fact. <laughs> but that any time there is control or suppression or any of these other types of energies, something will happen. It can happen in the earth itself, as you see so often around the world. Look at places where there's earthquakes. They they are hitting in places where energy has been suppressed or distorted. It could hit in some type of more human-related activities, bombings, riots, things like these. So again, we're not making predictions, but we're just seeing how the energy runs. And at some point, this old 
very embedded energy of the Catholic Church will need to move on, to let itself out of its tie, very tied-up structure and to become part of the new consciousness of Earth. Thank you. Hello, Tobias and Mr. Einstein. I'm going to try to give you a coherent explanation about something that happened a couple of weeks ago that has just been amazing. I was working with a facilitator to open up the heart energy and discovered that there were eight generations of ancestors hooked into my heart. So we worked on clearing them, and as we did, um, when we released them, I felt my heart expand, and it got as big as the earth, and then it got as big as the universe, and it became a little hard to handle. And then all of a sudden I connected to, I don't know what the energy was, but it felt like it was the creation energy of some sort, and it was the most unbelievable feeling. And everywhere I looked, it was, and everything I saw, it was. Oh, God, I sound like a cliche, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) And it was the most unbelievable feeling, and I kept trying to define what the emotion or the feeling was, and I couldn't. And I said, well, is this God? And it was like, no, because if you give it a name, then there's a line where it's God and where you aren't. And there was nothing that it wasn't. I mean, it was everything. And so I saw this ocean, and then we're all floating in it, and these little ice cubes with arms and legs, and we're all thinking we're different, and we're not in the ocean. And this magnificent ocean of potentials that we could pull everything in from, it was so powerful. So when I got home, I spent three days crying. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if I was going to be normal. Mm-hmm. Drove down the street. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'd eat and I'd cry. I'd wake, I'd cry. I'd pee and I'd cry. <laughs> I drove down the street. You'd look at the people and you'd love them with a sense that I couldn't even explain because there was no judgment in this energy. And that energy held like the murderer and the murdered and it didn't care what you did with it. All it cared was that you created with it. And so I was at the gas station, and this guy was pumping gas next to me, and I looked at him, and I go, oh, my God, I could hug you and tell you we are all one. And then <laughs> and my sister says, you didn't do that, did you? And I go, no. <laughs> so if you have any input on this thing and the whole routine, I would be grateful. Thank you. Well, I would love to give you a short lesson in physics of the new energy, and this will explain everything. Uh, my unified field theory is indeed the theory of everything. But in uh, the way that you're able to perceive yourself is that you are a particle. It's called, I have called it, a compilation of consciousness. And that compilation of consciousness exists in uh, quite literally the center of the earth, which is quite literally where creation begins for this universe. And your compilation of consciousness has the same energetic field as the planet. And it is scalable so that in the center of the earth, it's one compilation and it can expand to fit the universe. And for you or any other human, the light of compassion hits that compilation and it sends out a gravitational wave with reflections of that compilation. Now, your particular slice of that wave has your compilations and, of course, compilations for the entire planet. So you've got the compilations for the chairs and the trees and the oceans and the murderers and the murders and all of that. But your particular reflections of compilation are what make up you. And within that, there are the three human dimensions, the first one being emotion. It's the first degree of separation from the source is all that heart energy. And this runs to the surface of the planet. It creates your physical body. It fills you up with that 
consciousness of you, the mathematics contained in your compilation that make you you. It goes on to the edge of the electromagnetic domain of the Earth, and it goes back down, into the, literally into the top of the North Pole and back down. And this continual uh, movement of energy is the string that scientists are beginning to perceive at such a quantum level, but it's also expandable to the size of the planet. It's expandable to the universe. So you open up your heart energy and you end up in the center of creation with everything and all potential. You are still have your identity, but you're also there with every single other a mathematical compilation of oceans and that ocean that you saw with all those little ice cubes, those were all the little other compilations and there was no judgment, there was only potential and you could see that this person, uh, this compilation had been a murderer and also had murdered, uh, had been murdered. You saw all of that, you expanded to the corners of the universe and you expanded your consciousness to where all of those pieces of your reflected compilation on that huge wave all started to communicate with themselves. And that wholeness and that, that, that master stroke of expansion of moving your energy and being aware of it uh, was the beginning of uh, quite an amazing journey for you. So does that give you some idea of <laughs> what you've done? Thank you. I'd like to add a note on this. <laughs> Albert, you have such a way with words. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And indeed, um, one addition to this, there, after experiencing something like this, there is a desire on the human aspect part of you to want to experience it again and again and again. It felt something that was true and sweet. It felt something that was honest and very open. The human will try to grab back onto that, and when it finds that it can't demand that experience to come back again because the experience was so true and genuine, the human aspect gets angry, it gets depressed, and it feels smaller than ever before because it has felt the grandness of who you are, but it hasn't felt the grandness of its own self. So as you've already felt, and you and I have talked about this, do not try to recreate the experience. Give thanks that it was there. Give thanks that you created an open and clear pathway for the true self and the true spirit to experience itself. Don't try to long or desire for that experience because it will come back naturally in its own time, in its own way. Talk to your human aspect, that part of you that is very focused in this 3D world, and assure it that it is all part of you and that it does not need to try to artificially recreate it. Thank you. So I have two short questions. <laughs> um, what is the name that you know me by, Tobias? <laughs> well... As we've told others who've asked the same question, first of all, we could not possibly pronounce that name. English uh, in any human language is very, very limited. It would be a vibration. The closest we could do is to try to sing it out, and uh, 
with this voice of Calder. We're not going to try that. You would be so disappointed. It would uh, sound like. <laughs> and don't look at me, Toya. <laughs> but actually, uh, we have always told Shambra, it would be like unwrapping your Christmas present if if we told you the, your spirit name. The spirit names are a funny thing, or names we know you by. They they change constantly. And when you're born a human, you have a name like um, um, like Tobias. Um, and that name sticks with you for for the entire time you're in that incarnation. It is very different on the spirit side because it is constantly changing. You almost have to perceive it like uh, many, many, many musical notes uh, combining together. And every time you shift or change your consciousness, those notes change. So it is difficult to define it. The other part of this is we would ask you to sense that name for yourself. The dear Shambo who just discussed her experience about this cosmic consciousness felt her name. She didn't hear it. She felt it. She knew it. She knew who she was. So we're going to invite you to feel that same thing for yourself rather than us speaking. So, sorry. And I'm uh, starting up a business of my own. I'm, is there any comment or suggestion about it? Al? Well, we would say that in building businesses in the new energy, it's so very important to keep them simple. Now, granted, E equals MC squared is about as simple as you can get for that broader concept. And I don't mean to always be dragging this little formula into every answer, but to keep it simple. To, uh, in this day and age, you know, there is this term outsourcing. So don't get overladen with uh, layers of administration. Keep your focus on uh, as simply as you can. What is it that you are uh, wishing to actually do? That's one part of your business, what you actually do. And then there's the other part is how you're going to create a structure with which to do that. And sometimes those are two completely different things. But we would say as simple as humanly possible and to also, in your growth process, let yourself outgrow things before you get... It's good to dream as big as you can. But until you actually have the concrete resources, let yourself outgrow things. Let that be uh, your biggest dilemma rather than trying to go really big and then grow into it. And that will help you a lot with what you're doing. Thank you. Okay, leave it to me to ask this wonderful question, your favorite subject, Tobias, sex. <laughs> <laughs> So today I have ex-wives and sex. Um, can you just talk a little bit about how the sexual energy virus materials is sort of expanding? I feel it's kind of in a new way, so I thought maybe you would have a little perspective on that for us today. Hmm. Um, I would ask you for clarity here because it's such a broad topic, expanding... As okay. It, yes. I'll, I'll tell you. I see a division between people, SES people, non-SES people. 
And in my heart, I know that's just an illusion. So I was curious as how we were going to be bringing that a little bit more to the public hmm. in, in that sense. Uh, very naturally, uh, actually. There are some who are very willing and open to hear it, and for them there will be teachers that uh, come to them. Others do not want to hear it because in understanding the nature of sexual energy virus and sexual energy abuse, it requires one to take total responsibility for themselves as both a victim and an abuser. And it requires perhaps even more difficult, it requires them to love themselves. Mm. There are many who will go very intellectual with the sexual energies materials as we have presented them and quite frankly that will cause either uh, that will cause a greater uh, proliferation of the virus itself so the ones that we are looking for are not the ones who are going to get tied up in their head with the analysis with uh, the debate but understanding that just as you can have a virus in the physical reality you can also have viruses in consciousness and they happen mm -hmm. all the time and that the solution or uh, the um, evolution of this goes back to the love of oneself. Those are two messages that many people do not want to hear. Yeah. Sexual Energy's workshop was not designed for the many. It was designed for the few who are interested in truly understanding the most sacred of all, of all uh, what you would call energies or consciousness of all, and that is the love of self. Question to add to that. Indeed. A number of the teachers have asked, is there some kind of a follow-up to this or a follow-up for the teachers? Is there something more that's happening as this has been as these classes are being presented that should be addressed? Uh, indeed there is. And um, I have a very um, I hate to say this, darling, but I have a very <laughs> busy schedule for you in Caldera. Um <laughs> And uh, uh, I didn't want to break it to you up until now. I know you. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> but uh, and he wonders why he has trouble with his wives. <laughs> From them, Thank I learned you. about the sexual energy virus. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there is there is indeed follow-up work to it, uh, and um, we won't get into those details, but it is, to me, it is um, the most important work that I have done with Chambra. It is the most, um, how do I say, it is the most, it goes the deepest, and uh, so um, it is also the work that uh, I, as Sam, will return to. Mm. And how does Aspectology relate to all that? Uh, they are very closely, uh, the question is about does aspect uh, and sexual energies uh, workshops, they're very closely related. Uh, I don't want to get into a comparison chart here right now, but uh, um, we'll come back to that question later. They're different in, in many respects, but very, very similar. And of course, the two that are closest to my heart. I know St. Germain has the wonderful Dreamwalker series, but um, there was several things I wanted to do before I actually um, returned back to Earth. One was sexual energies and the other was aspectology. Mm. Thank you. 
Okay, I work as a medical sign language interpreter, uh, working with patients in uh, physical and mental challenges and crisis. And following your instructions, St. Germain's instructions of diving in to people's lives and experiences and feeling, um, I started to do that, practice, which normally as an interpreter I keep the wall around me to not be affected. So I've done that recently a few times, and um, I've had some very moving experiences receiving intuitive knowledge of the patient and what the really the core of their issue is. Recently with a young um, teenage, teenager in a lockdown psych unit who is ex- just the most anger I've ever experienced, when I dove in there and, and felt and then was just knew, I, I, I could see where it was coming from. But everyone around and his parents and the staff and all these professionals cannot figure out what to do and how to handle it. Well, I was so overwhelmed by the experience where I, I, I left. I went, I, I mean, what did I, what was I supposed to do? That I I'm, do not know how to handle the information because in my role as an interpreter, I'm not allowed to just step forward and say, hey, wait a minute, I know this. <laughs> and then what am I doing this for? Why do I receive this information then? So Tobias, where is this going? What's the next step? Kind of, you know, what's the process? Why am I receiving this? Indeed, and I know both uh, Albert and I both have comments on this. Um, we'll keep it short. A lot of questions here, but two things. Uh, number one, career change. Um, you. <laughs> <laughs> What you have been doing has uh, given you great experience and, and truly sharpened your talents, but you already know, we've already talked about it, that uh, the institutions right now will not allow you to, uh, to really put this work to work. So it is time to go to the next, um, the next level, the next stairs. You've learned to trust your intuitive ability um, perhaps a bit more work to be done in this area, but you're, you're learning to understand. Now, secondly, I want to make this very, very clear for you or any other intuitive. Perceiving one's true, uh, what you would call heart or soul or getting the inner look at somebody does not mean that they necessarily want to change. You could get a very clear picture of what's caused their torment or their disease, but that does not mean then when you relate to them as a human or their human aspect that they are going to be willing to change. You've been given a gift or a blessing of seeing inside, but always honor and respect the choices that that particular aspect or being is making. You can help them to understand what you have seen, but honor their choices because even though you have seen very clearly, doesn't mean they're going to do it. And don't get frustrated with yourself uh, if, if they do not choose to do that. Uh, I would add that, first of all, uh, career change is indeed in order for you. But in this uh, situation, a few things to remember. One, there is a great power 
to feeling and breathing with them. There's an empathy and a release that can be uh, instigated in that moment while you are doing the work with them. As Tobias said, uh, without their uh, cooperation and uh, intention, uh, that might be the most that you can do. However, you cannot underestimate the effect that by you being this leader, by being this evolved person who has a greater insight, who can feel and breathe with them and not necessarily then turn to the doctors and say, here's the problem and here's how to fix it, because now you're going into the realm of the intellect and you're challenging credentials, and that's always a, a big thing. But there is also ways to strategically uh, influence a situation uh, from over here rather than going straight at it with your forceful and insightful uh, articulation of the nature. It might be sometime over coffee, you know, with the, with the doctor who might be, you, we don't know what to do, we don't know how to do, and you might just sort of be thinking, well, have you thought of this? Uh, so it's, it's style, style as well. And we know you have a magnificent style, but it's also good to have other kinds of style. But in the long run, what these experiences are doing for you are preparing you for a career change where you're going to be able to take the knowledge and the practice that you have with these same types of situations only where the practitioners want to know what you have to say and where all of the influence then around this person can gently and energetically uh, align them to then understanding how to do the work and wanting to do the work and being, being more healing. So this is very important apprenticeship for you that's going to come in handy later. Now remember, I'm just the hostess here. It's 5:27, and it would—it's past time for last question based on the request of Coldra. But I understand this is a dynamic and amazing situation. So you get your heads together and your souls together, and you decide—is this we'll the last take, question? We'll each take two more questions, uh, but we will keep them brief. Very good. Indeed. Okay. Tobias and St. Germain. Um, I never realized that I'd be on a first name basis with Dr. Einstein. So this is really fun. Call us Al. Okay, Al. And Tobias and St. Germain, I've had such an incredible month that I have to, I had to get up my courage to stand in front of you and thank you so much. And last month, I was the one who had the internet question about what to do when you're in a miserable relationship, and you told me to move on. It almost made me sick at my stomach. So on the way home... I'm an expert in... Uh, <laughs> yes, you are. A relationship, <laughs> Tobias. Yeah. So on the, way, on the way down the mountain... It's a recurring theme today. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I hope this will help um, a lot of other Chambra family. On the way down the mountain, I asked to be shown very clearly the big picture of my relationship. Um, who did you ask? <laughs> Myself. Did you have Best an accident? Did you have an yes, accident? Uh, my NOS. No, I did not. Cool. And, you know, I, I pretty much got a direct hit six times in the next six days to the point where the man that I thought I would love the rest of my life, he actually asked me to find different living arrangements. Mm. That was such a shock to me 
that in the pain of that, no, this is the good part, you all. In the pain, <laughs> in the pain of that, and I'm wondering, where am I going to go with two cats? I heard so clearly from my angel self, Susie, this is your get out of jail free card. <laughs> and so I've had the most incredible experiences learning more about compassion. That compassion and not judgment does not mean that I have to stay in behavior that is not healthy for me. So I immediately called my CPA, my financial planner, and my realtor. My realtor called me back, and she said, Susie, I want you and your cats to come over here right now. Stay with me till I help you find a house. Everything has fallen into place because I opened myself to new energy resolution and trusting myself. And I am closing on my house on Monday and moving in on Friday. Mm. Financial abundance that I never expected has shown up. And the reason I'm up here is I want to make a declaration to my family here and to the universe that I choose no more repeats. So is there... <laughs> Dag Nabbit? <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. There... There is a partner out there waiting for me who matches my 3,000 megawatt voltage. <laughs> and, you know, when the time is right, the time will be right. Is there anything that I am not seeing yet regarding that to ensure that I won't have any repeats? <laughs> Being an expert in the subject of relationships... <laughs> The important thing here is that you made a choice for yourself that was heard uh, in the deepest parts of your soul, in all of the uh, parts of yourself. You made a choice. You didn't just think about something. You didn't just ponder it and wonder about it. You made a very clear choice. So therefore, it changes all of the energies. You will never attract uh, a, a imbalanced or negative relationship to you because you have made a choice. You will have a time of, uh, once again, developing the relationship with yourself. And when it is appropriate, you will have one, two, three, or more relationships. I want to make um, a bit of a bold statement here. It is time in this human consciousness to get beyond the old, I would say, the, this church-created concept of one, re- one lifetime, one relationship. That is very, very, very old. It is time... You can enjoy many relationships in your lifetime and not have to feel guilty about it. So we thank you for your sharing and for making your choice. Thank you. Tobias Einstein, um, thank you for the letter today. I know we wrote it together a long time ago. Um, And um, I've become so aware that uh, we've created this job together and me moving and how it all manifested visas and work permits and I mean in a different continent uh, is there anything else I need to know or you want to include well uh, as a uh, citizen of the world in my life you know there was a time where I tried to give up my 
citizenship of all countries and sort of turn in my passport, but there was nowhere to turn it in, and so I, I, I actually switched it over to a different country than what I was born in, but uh, we would say you are very well prepared for this journey, uh, and you'll be crossing many borders, uh, both literal and metaphorical, and you are a leader. You are a leader in the new energy, and when you get into areas, neighborhoods of cities, of new uh, territories, where you might feel like you're surrounded by old energy, you remind yourself you are the leader. You are there, and you will begin to attract the people who want to find out, who want to be led, who want to be guided. And so don't try to convert the unwilling. Uh, uh, don't spend any time wondering why those people aren't doing this or that. Focus on those who will be receptive, and you're going to find a great deal of support and uh, wonder on your journey. Thank you. Tobias, this is a butthead question. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it seems I have a bent tailbone and have wasted lots of time in states of shock and misdirected energies. And I just wondered, where did this come from? How did I do this to myself? Hmm. Well, accumulation of energies over many lifetimes. Um, you could say that uh, as, as your consciousness or your energy became distorted in the past, it it takes on the physical manifestation in this lifetime. The important thing right now is not to worry about the tailbone, the spine, or any specific bones in particular, because the way the energy runs and works in your body will always, will always find a very uh, balanced or natural path if, if you let them. In other words, don't become worried about how the bone structure is right now give yourself the gift of allowing the energies to work very balanced, no matter, no matter what you may think is a structural imbalance. You're focusing a lot of attention on this right now, which in a way is very good because it's bringing up some of the issues from the past. Uh, you and I have talked at great, great length about um, this uh, subject uh, that is now becoming quite popular aspects. You have, um, you have some very interesting aspects. And they like to run the house at different times. And they like to um, they like to uh, chase you around at different times. Together, you and I working, of course, with the energy of um, Andra on very um, psychic levels. We're helping to get you to reestablish yourself, your presence, uh, getting you back into the now, which has been a bit of a challenge at times. Getting you in the present moment and taking responsibility for yourself and loving you. The mental issue of looking at the skeletal structure actually is a distraction right now. It's taking you away from the, the energetic and the consciousness uh, of yourself and the return of yourself back to the present moment. So as I told you last night, let's not worry about the, um, the spine, the tailbone, or any of these other things. It, it becomes a bit dramatic and it allows some of these um, uh, very um, old wounded aspects to uh, play their game. So I want you to be present in this moment. I want you to take a deep and conscious breath right now. Feel yourself. This is a safe space. 
feel yourself so present right here. No, you're going off. I want you to come back right here into yourself. Don't listen to that voice telling you that it's going to be painful. That was an old game telling you that your body was painful. Be present in yourself. We talk about this a lot. And I love you dearly. Thank you. I would like to just add one thing, and how is this for Barbara channeling Einstein, channeling St. Germain? Um, <laughs> in the process of manifestation, uh, you know, St. Germain is going to be uh, expounding a lot in this, the classes that we will be teaching together, but uh, the truth is that uh, there is uh, the uh, ability to manipulate matter. So you do have within you the power to completely rebalance that particular uh, physical ailment, but we agree that it isn't necessarily a focus on just the physical ailment. But when your aspects get trapped and the emotional content of them can't move through, then it has to go somewhere and it has to go through your body. And so it gets trapped in a physical ailment. So you have the power to completely heal that, just like Jesus could turn the water into wine, although you know that story, he was really feeling bad for his mother because it was a wedding and they ran out of wine and he sort of said, "Mm, I wish there was more wine and then there was more wine, but you have that power. And it's not just thinking it, it's a balance of all these aspects of yourself and moving that emotional energy through you without an intellectual uh, description. But you are going to heal that, and it's going to be a miraculous day, and we feel you'll come right back here in a short amount of time, and you'll be telling Tobias the wonders of his work. Hmm. (laughs) Last question. And it'll be short. Hmm. It's not about you. (laughs) Okay, Um, I've got a question. I have a friend who I'm really connected with and um, getting ready to bring her to the Bridge of Flowers pretty soon. And it's really interesting because I know we've had many past lives together and I'm not sure how many, and that's my question, how many, just a number. (laughs) Because I want to keep it short, so thank you. I would like to just ask out of curiosity, why is that so important? Um, I don't know. Um, Let me think, why is it so important? Probably because we are so connected, and I know, you know, that we'll always be connected. I know that. So, well, and then she also asked me to ask Mm, you. So that would be I... This is the last question, and um, Albert and I will both answer. The, but I'm a bit conflicted here. Uh, it creates a type of binding and a type of um, karmic reliance. And we're at a point here where we Shambra, the we're sovereign beings. Whether it was 37 lifetimes or whatever number, I think I just gave you the answer. But whatever. <laughs> Whatever the number was, uh, there is no commitment to another moment to each other. Now, I I could go into a long discussion, but I won't. Humans tend to get dependent on each other, and the dependency uh, reaches out even into death, and it follows them then into next lifetimes. There's this odd sense of having to be with somebody and making commitments to somebody. I know it sounds 
perhaps cold, but the only commitment is to yourself. When you can love you, then you can honestly love another. If you cannot fully love yourself, if you are dependent on other people, you are not being honest about your love with them. And uh, I would just like to add that since there is only one of us here, we would say six billion. (laughs) 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 So... So with that, dear Schomburg, we know the day is long. We've gone through much energy. We have written a letter, a message to those who are awakening and also to yourself from the past. Let us take a deep breath together and savor the beauty of life on earth. And so it is.